This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league, starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. What's the age limit for emojis? I find it jarring when people in their 60s send emojis. Like one random emoji, like the girl twirling and dancing or like yippee, like leaping or something. No, you are not. I feel like there's got to be an age limit. I don't do all that stuff. Like there's like a flamenco dancer woman twirling. Like you go, we're going out and having fun. Let's go out for dinner tonight. It's going to be great. Flamenco dance. No, no, no. I feel like that stopped. Is that like 52? A heart-faced emoji, like a heart-faced emoji. I mean, they got to be in your early 50s. That's the, that's the cutoff date for that too. Like, lols. Like, lols become like nothing to do with laugh. I'm literal. I'm not, I'm not laughing out loud. Because you, 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 you'd be in the other room and you'd hear me. Lolzing. And what lols? What's lols? Out, laughing out loud. La- I don't understand that. But I, I just think that people of a certain age, different. If you're a grandparent and you're sending one of those little, a gif. Or a meme. A GIF is like a video and a meme is like just it says something and it's not moving. I think the moving is better. But I, I, a grandma or like a grandma could send like the big bear with the big heart coming out because I love you. Like that's grandma-ish. But grandmas shouldn't be over-emojing in my opinion. A prayer hands for a senior citizen is fine. I just I feel like there should be a limit. Don't you think? Don't you think like certain emojis are age appropriate and inappropriate? So sending emojis through at work is fairly inappropriate, like at, at certain levels. But once in a while, if it's nice, it should be used sparingly. If it's once in a while, it's nice. Like it's a nice little funny thing when it comes through. People's weirdo 
what's it called? The, like a bit, what's the big, like exaggerated person character of yourself emoji that you sent through and someone calls you and you're like, are you a fucking clown calling me? Like, it's always this weird, like howdy doody picture of like Pippi Longstocking coming through and you're like, it's very strange. I feel like it's, it's very, very, very strange. And then the big thumb, the big yellow thumb. Yeah. Oh, I just, Hey, I'll see you at two. The big giant yellow. Okay. It's too um, You're yelling things. They're just basic. Like, it's not like, Oh my God, I just licked 24, 10 telephone poles in New York city. And I don't have COVID. And then I want the fucking thumbs up. Then I want it. Then I want a, a thing, a exclamation point for like, you know, H2O is water. I don't need your deepest feelings of positivity. It's not for us. We like to celebrate when there's cause for celebration. We're not interested in an all day emoji lifestyle. That's not how we work here. I saw what you said. I acknowledge you. We see each other. Back to Nene Leaks the Prophet. We see each other. I'll do an 100 and I'll do a stop sign. That's it. So what do you think about emojis as a form of communication for intelligent adults? My guest today is Dorothy Hamill. She is an Olympic gold medalist and women's champion figure skater. She is one of America's most popular athletes, changing the image of a sport, making a hairstyle popular long before Jennifer Aniston. She is an icon on and off the ice. She has a move named after her, the Hamill Camel. She's performed on Broadway. She has performed in the Ice Capades and owned the Ice Capades and competed all over the world. She is a game changer. I can't wait for you to hear more about her life. Enjoy. Where do you live? Where are you now? Right now I'm in the Indian Wells, California, near Palm Springs. Okay. And then we are we live in Colorado most of the year, but we're here uh, in the wintertime, because my husband is an avid golfer. So I like the skiing in Colorado, but anyway. <laughs> and you, I like the snowboarding too. Do you find that as uh, you get older, you have a little bit more fear and trepidation, hesitation, or no, because you're a professional athlete? Well, I don't know, I used to be, right? But I love, I think skiing is very close to, not close to skating, because I love the cold air, I love the wind, I like you know, the, you know, the motion of it. So I'm not really afraid of it. Um, but I also know when I'm out of control to stop. Um, but skating, you know, I can't do there. There I have the trepidation and the fear, but I have fear of other things, you know, but skiing is as close to skating that I can do <laughs> and not great. So you don't skate at all. You can't skate now. It just your body is not made for it anymore. It's not made for it. I had back surgery. I'd been struggling with um, back problems for years. And for two years, I couldn't get off the floor. I was in such pain with nerve, uh, you know, nerve pain. And there's no rink here. So they're building one. So maybe I'll be able to just tool around on the ice. I'm, my jumping days and uh, it's hard to, it's really hard to admit that you can't do it anymore. And I'm slowly realizing that. <laughs> That's what I was sort of talking about. I've been snowboarding for probably 25 years and I'm no Dorothy Hamill, but I'm fairly good at it. But now that you get older and I have a daughter and you, mm -hmm. that's where the fear comes in a little bit of, wow, this isn't feeling the same way. And I don't, 
you know, I don't take the chances I used to anymore. And it's interesting. It must be interesting for you to go back to something that you are an expert at and have to have a different relationship with it. Yes. And I haven't quite done that. But now that my back is better, um, you know, I hopefully like to get back out there. But, you know, snowboarding isn't anywhere or it's much more dangerous than ice, ice skating. But actually, at this point, ice skating is probably more dangerous for me now because I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you feel that um, you pushed yourself too hard or the, what was necessary for the sport was pushing too hard or you never let your body rest or like what is the sort of message about being so focused and dedicated to a certain sport and how I've spoken to so many different people from Maria Sharapova and Lindsey Vaughn and about later and body pain and like the after the effects later. So what, what's the message about that? Well, the message, I, it's, it's a good question. Cause when, when I, back in the old days, you know, we didn't know anything about training and sports medicine and we just didn't have access to that. You know, this is 70s. <laughs> and so right. a lot of falling. And nowadays they don't have, they have harnesses and things, but they do much more difficult things. So I guess the message is, um, you know, when you're young, nothing hurts. You know, we body slam and body slam and body slam. And, you know, you're just, you don't feel it. And then when you get to be older, all these other things creep in. And, um, I just, I guess the <laughs> the message is take advantage of, you know, the knowledge of everything. We didn't have any of that. And also, I mean, I loved skating. I didn't ever want to be anyplace else. That was my therapy. Um, mm-hmm. I love the music. And, you know, now what they do is so different, so different. Um, I could, I, when I, I watched the Nationals last weekend, and I, I'm just amazed at what these youngsters do. So, um, you know, I think taking advantage of whatever it is and, you know, I don't, I wouldn't have known what else to do with my life if I didn't have skating. That's so nice. You're lucky in that way, I think. I am. Um, what, yeah, very, very. How crazy that a haircut, (sighs) that your haircut was the Jennifer Aniston of, of that generation and you still, do you wear Mm. this haircut because this is the best haircut that's ever looked good on you or because it is the Dorothy Hamill and your Dorothy Hamill or, you know, what, what? It's a little different, but I've, I've grown my hair out a couple of times, and it is, it is not pretty. My mom was right. I, I am not a long-haired person. Even if I, you know, put it in a ponytail, I just, it didn't suit me. So I just like it easily, easy, and it's not quite the same. Look how gray it is. Anyway. Um, it's pretty healthy. It looks pretty good to me, and it's just crazy you. that that was, was that, has that ever annoyed you? Like, to be known for a haircut when you're, an, you know, an Olympic star? Not really, because I I struggled with getting somebody who could really cut short hair, because my hair is not easy to cut, you know, it goes Mm -hmm. this way and that way, but at least it's straight. Um, And so I struggled with trying to find a good haircut, and the the week I was going off to the Olympics, I tried to get an appointment with this this very well-known at the time hairstylist in the fashion world. And my father said, you know, Dorothy's coming in, and she loved it, Suga, it was his was his name and if you could cut her hair so he stayed and he cut my hair and you know he asked me what the function would be and I said well you know when I turn forward I don't you know don't want it to be in my eyes and anyway so he cut it interesting I had nothing to do with it I had pretty much short hair my whole life you know the old pixie cut 
banged. <laughs> so I've just, I've kept it short. But that's interesting that you said the functionality of how you wanted the hairstyle to go to function for the yeah. sport, which is so, so interesting. And that that exactly yeah. happened for different reasons. People were watching you and the hair was going, that's that, I know that's an, <laughs> that's a very interesting story. The craziest stuff that goes on. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. Love this. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They 
burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What about the business of skating? What, you were a young child that just got hooked, kept going, loved it so much, and you were making seven figures long before anybody was making seven figures. I mean, you got paid, didn't you get paid a million dollar deal for an endorsement or something early on? I mean, that's a long time ago. Yeah, not, not, it wasn't quite that, but I think over the years, three or four years, it, it was. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to know if you felt that it was a business or if you just thought you were doing what you liked and then felt that it was corrupt around you or people had different, or did you have a an instinct about it that it is a business and there's a way to turn this into something? So what was your relationship to it growing up in it and then learning how to monetize it? Did you not, did you miss many opportunities or did you grab them all? I didn't grab them all. You know, when I, we had to turn pres- professional because we were amateurs. Mm-hmm. And I always, I, I didn't love competitions. And we only have a few competitions a year. Um, so I loved skating exhibitions. So when I was able to turn pro and make money, um, I was so thrilled because I got to, you know, tour in ice capades. And I toured and I loved it. But I didn't really think of it as a business. And it wasn't until later on, you know, when there were not as many shows to skate in that, you know, branching out into skating shows in theaters. Um, so I never looked at it as a business. I did, wasn't smart the way you are. I just, you know, was a shy kid and I liked to twirl. <laughs> I like music and twirling and, you know, I could be by myself. I was very shy. And so, um, you know, I, I was, you know, I didn't do the best, didn't make the best um decisions and you know getting into uh managers that sort of i don't want to say take advantage because i i was the one who was you know skating but you know i didn't i wasn't smart i didn't really have people to you know advise me well but Mm -hmm. um but but you know i made some money but i also was pretty dumb and not really knowing how to you know hang on to it you know, I was mm-hmm. sing- single, no family. So it was, you know, traveling on the road, living out of a suitcase all the time. Um, you know, you sort of, you know, I, w- I loved jewelry. So I buy jewelry because you didn't have to pack in a suitcase. So those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, eventually when I learned that it wasn't, you know, the smartest way to uh, take care of myself at, at an older age. You know, I did learn later in life, but I wasn't smart the way you are. 
and you're such an amazing businesswoman as Thank well you. as talent. No, it's I've admired you for all of that. So, yeah. I appreciate that. It's not, listen, I've made so many mistakes. I've made multiple million dollar mistakes and it's, uh, at least for you, it's better to make them when you're younger. I say to people in the beginning of business, because as the stakes get higher, it gets worse later. So you got older, you were married, and you had some financial difficulties, right? You you had like... Yep, I did. And what was the biggest mistake that you made? I mean, you to- just mm. touched on a bit, not yeah. knowing who to trust, et cetera. But yeah. was it just spending or was it not looking at the whole board like what, or not saving? What was it effectively? Well, when I got into the problem, uh, we, my ex-husband um, and I were, we owned ice capades for a while. And there was a lot of things. There was, you know, the timing. People weren't interested in seeing ice capades anymore. And, we, you know, we tried to reinvent the show. And so that was a problem because our financial partner, you know, I was just, you know, trying to, you know, hire set designers and lighting designers and the, the you know, the trucking and all that stuff, which I really had no business, you know, trying to put my two cents in. And it was just way bigger than I could imagine. And our financial partner got into problems. So. The people were coming after me to pay those bills, you know, and I was, ah. yes, and I did. I, um, you know, I started paying all the hotels for the skaters and everything. And I, you know, personally, I didn't have that kind of money. And so when our financial partner said, you know, I need somebody to buy, buy us out, we were sort of stuck with having to do that. And I didn't want to ditch my skaters, you know, my, my right. cast and my my crew and my, I say mine, but you know, we were all a family and they were mm-hmm. such amazing people. So, you know, I tried to bail out the company as long as I could until, you know, somebody was able to purchase it. And it was so sad and so emotional because, you know, I loved the skating. I loved the production part of it. Um, so that's kind of where it all went. And then I, you know, then I got a divorce and that was all sort of the continuation of the problem. Yeah, more financial despair. It sounds like you got into something that was a great idea, but often when people get into business, um, well, two things happen. One, you have to know what you're good at and know what you're not good at and have other people do the things that they're good at and accept what you aren't. But second of all, you have to look at it like a relationship where you have to think about what if everything goes wrong. Like people don't want to look at the downside of things and it's not that romantic and it's not that sexy and I've made that mistake believe me as big as yes. as big as your bankruptcy situation I, I got into a very entangled almost decade long divorce and you just don't think in the beginning of if the shit goes sideways you know absolutely you're so right and uh, you know, I mean, when you're performing eight shows a week or 13 shows a week and, you know, the, like the snow machine wasn't working. So, I, you know, all the technical stuff, I I couldn't, I just couldn't do it all. And I didn't have, you know, the right business people behind me to pick up the and do the things that they're good at, which you're absolutely right. So you got sucked <laughs> under. The, the tide sucked you under for a minute. Um, and... Do you, but you under you've got as a byproduct of growing up in that business, and truthfully, you know I can, I'm the perfect person to to remember this because the only names I ever remember hearing about in in sports my entire childhood for the most part in females 
Peggy Fleming, yeah. Dorothy Hamill, and then Mary Lou Retton later. Mary Lou. Yep, and, Mary Lou. Um, yep. Why am I having a blank about the one who wore the Vera Wang outfits that in the movie with Nancy. Uh, Tanya Nancy. and Nancy yeah, Kerrigan Nancy later? Yes. But as a kid, yep. as a child, it was Peggy Fleming and Dorothy Hamill. And that was, mm. you know, and that sport was massive then. And I may just be perceiving yeah. it differently because we're not in an Olympic year, but it just seemed like the biggest deal when I was a kid. Maybe I was a different yeah. target audience, but that was huge. And I feel like you definitely were part of branding a sport because if you're the name that jumps off the page for my entire childhood Aww. and you're the, you're, you have to be, you have to have had that thing that branded a sport. I mean, it's like the way Tiger Woods branded golf oh, yeah. for a long time. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. it's, you are definitely, we're definitely part of a brand machine, whether you realized it or not. Well, we didn't look at brands then, you know, and... Right, no one said brand. Yeah, yeah. And we were, you know, we were amateurs. That Skating was, there was three, there were three television stations, you know, yep. ABC, NBC, CBS. We didn't even have videotapes, you know. We right. Were, we were, our music was on a cassette tape, you know. It was very uh, simple. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know how these youngsters today, with all the social media, it's got to be, I could never do that you just it, it would distract kill me it is absolutely and emotional I mean I if I read one thing that's not good it ruins my my day or my week and so I would never be able to take that kind of criticism yeah it's a different it's a different landscape and different things yeah. are important and you described it as simple would you want this life or any adjacent life for your daughter, is it mm. is it too much pressure? Is it appropriate? When I was doing that show, Skating with the Stars, which is different than what you were doing, there's figure skating, and then I, what was I doing? Couple skating. I was yeah. doing something different, like there's two pairs dance, pair dance, dance, dance. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, okay. So I think it's dance. It's like a different category, right? It is. It is. Yeah, a little bit, but it's still skating. Still skating, but there were some girls there that said that said that the process as to grow up in it is 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 wretched like because i had a baby and i thought you know is that mm. something that she might want to do and they thought hell no it's horrible they yeah. thought it is just yeah. cut is cutthroat is competitive it is brutal and they just thought it was terrible i think it it was for some people in those days i guess and maybe still now probably still now but i never encouraged my daughter you know if she, if she was at the rink she'd be skating, but it was something I loved and I wasn't going to push that on her. Mm -hmm. And um, at one point she said, mom, I want to take some skating lessons. And um, I said, okay. And so I signed her up. This is after I more or less stopped touring. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'd sit on the side and bite my bite my fingers thinking, this is not the way to teach her, you know? So, oh. but it didn't matter because I knew she wasn't going to go anywhere. I mean, you know, it's just... It's a, it wasn't her thing. It wasn't her thing. It, it wasn't her thing. And you were also biting your tongue saying, please don't let it be her thing. But if it is, I'll have to go with it yeah. as, a, as every parent. Yeah. You know, and then, but that was interesting to read about you because it's such, I have a friend whose daughter found uh, equestrian riding. And mm. that seems to be something that you really have to present them with because it involves horses and going somewhere in all the wardrobe. But she said her daughter, just through friends, found it and got the bug. So it wasn't that the mother wanted this at all, nor nor did she pressure 
the child. And it sounds like you had no pressure. It wasn't even in your family. You just loved it. You hit. What's funny is I was that way about roller skating. And my mother used to say, oh. you're never going to go anywhere with roller skating. They don't have roller skating in the Olympics. Like not being, well, kind of, you know, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. spent hours. And I tell you, I would go to the roller rink at nine in the morning and I would leave at 9.30 at night. So I was an amazing roller skater. But to no end, even to want roller skating lessons. And, you know, I used to not understand why I wouldn't be in the Olympics. But the point is, I was like you. No one told me to like roller skating. I just loved it. But so I guess the answer is you want to lead your kids to find the things that they love, but there's no need to force them because they'll know themselves that they love it it, from your perspective. Absolutely. And my parents always tried to find something that interested I have a brother and a sister. And so skating, you know, I was the youngest and I was not the brightest uh, student and and I was really shy. And, you know, I, I like to sing and dance, but I really couldn't, don't have a voice to sing and really not a body <laughs> for a dancer. And so ice skating was like you, my I, parents, it was a great babysitter for them too. They dropped me off at nine exactly. in the morning on the weekends. And I, we skated in public sessions because same they, sessions, yeah, 10 to yeah. 12, 30, <laughs> yeah. two to two to three, 30, three to five, 30, seven to nine, 30. Yep. Exactly. Hot skates. Yep. Oh, that's funny. Yep. So, and that was just what I love to do. And then it got weekdays before school and after school and my God bless my mother. She drove me, you know, into New yep. York from Connecticut and over to, you know, New Jersey, you know, places that were at least an hour, sometimes more to skate. So, but she knew that that was, that was sort of where I was comfortable. Never really dreamt that I could actually get a job after, you know, after turning pro. Yeah. I never thought, I haven't thought about this for years. That was my happiest time. I had a lot of crazy stuff going on in my house, but to just go, like you said, the babies, to just get to the roller rink and you knew people there and you had your own little world and you, some people were better than others and you ran your own little show. And, you know, I remember it was, we were into disco music, which I was at a school called St. Agnes. It was a Catholic school and they were all, it, it was the music was older, but they were into the doors and rock and roll. And it was sort of like a secret life that I had being into disco and this roller rink. So I left that world and just went into this other world where I had different friends and different and learned about music. And, you know, it was freeing. It's funny that you say that because I, I just reading about you, it just clicked right now. Huh. And I, we want that for our kids, for them to just lose themselves in something. You know, my daughter, it's yep. art and she'll, but that's Aww. a nice thing to, to have your kids. How old is your daughter? My daughter's 11. She's in sixth grade. And I took, um, a room in my house that looks like a boiler room. It's really just the bowels of the house. And I saw that it had plumbing. And I said, uh, to my team, I want to make this into an art room for her. And they thought it's what do you mean? This is not a room. This is like a plumbing room. I, you know, an elect- electrical <laughs> room. I said, no, we'll get a nice slop sink. We, she can paint the walls. We can put trolleys in here and she can just do what she wants because it's got a lot of space. Yeah. She was the other day, she was on a, a pottery wheel. And I was just loving the freedom of my daughter as an artist doing pottery. It was just like <laughs> so freeing. It was, I was jealous. Yeah. Like she has her own thing. She spends her life in this dungeon wow. in this house. It's so funny. That's all she, the only place she yeah. wants to be. So that's her ice skating rink. That's so great though. You know, and an art, as an artist, you really want your surroundings to be comfortable. They don't have to be glamorous. So yeah, she's at home there. That's so cool. She's a nice girl. So what about relationships uh, and the start of your life and relationships with with that 
sort of cocoon that you were in and this world with this structure and these rules and this responsibility. And then how do you include a partner into that when you're professional at it or so such a competitive person? How, how do you do, how do you navigate that? And I know you've, we've all made mistakes. And so I know you've made mistakes <laughs> and then had some triumph. So what's that figure eight like? <laughs> a lot of long distance relationships, some good, some not so good, but as you probably know, the mm-hmm. long distance relationships, you know, don't really work. They're not um, easy. They're not easy. And so traveling and touring all the time, uh, it was, it wasn't, yeah, it was not ideal. But, you know, I was never in one place long enough. So you don't really learn to have a relationship, so to speak, or, you know, a, a partnership. And you're not working on that skill as a human being. That's for you know, sure. what it takes to work at a relationship and be a partner. So then you right. make the mistake and then you do it the next time better. You're not getting that much experience because you're not doing it that much. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, and as a, as a kid, my, I didn't have the, my parents didn't have the best relationship either. Um, mm-hmm. And so I didn't have necessarily good role models. Not that I don't love them and they were, you know, but their relationship just wasn't great. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, yeah, then so touring, you know, you just, I had boyfriends here and there, but, you know, a lot of telephone calls at night after the show, you know, 11 o'clock. So it was, uh, it just didn't, didn't work for me. You know, and I got right. ma- my first husband, loved him dearly, but, you know, it was, um, you know, when the, when the cat's away or, or if I was the cat, <laughs> you know, right. there are things probably that went on. Right. That I didn't know about. So anyway, um, and then my second, I was kind of on the rebound from my first marriage. And um, my daughter's father was not unlike my first husband. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I just wanted so much the romance and, you know, a partnership and a love. And and that's kind of at the end of that, uh, at the end of the ice capades, that whole... Um, process debacle <laughs> you know, selling selling yeah. The, yeah selling the company so I struggled with um, the divorce there and everything else that was going on and you know I filed personal bankruptcy because you know I put my own personal money into the ice capades try to save it and so the divorce happened then I had to go back to work because I mm-hmm. had to pay child support so I moved back from the California area to Baltimore, because my coaches and choreographers were there, and mm-hmm. sort of started over again. You really started over, like you had to just be a, pretty much yeah. figure out how to pay your bills, and 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 wow, yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. And did you really come out on the other side? Like, did yeah. you figure it out? I did. I did. I was very lucky to have, you know, be able to still have a job, and um, it wasn't. It was wonderful, and I got to tour with all these amazing skaters, you know, Michelle Kwan and Brian Boitano and, you know, all the best of the best um, at, at those, at the, and even Nancy Kerrigan. So, you know, I was definitely the old lady <laughs> in that tour, but it was wonderful and it was simple and I didn't, simple, I didn't have to, you know, worry about the other skaters and paying the bills and our, the owner of that show and the producer, Tommy Collins was just a divine man and wherever he is right now but yeah so I was lucky you know to be able to do that and then to skate in some other uh, theater productions and uh, skating theater productions. 
snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. Love this. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They 
prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Who is your favorite skater to watch? And it may not necessarily mean score wise, or it could be the prettiest skater or both, or, you know, maybe different buckets competitive or yeah, just elegance on the ice. Gosh, well, the, the young lady, the woman that I loved growing up was a Janet Lynn and she was just so incredible. She was powerful and she just floated over the ice, but she was strong. And um, so I really admired her. She was in between Peggy Fleming and my, so she was right in the, in the middle. So mm-hmm. that growing up, she was such an inspiration. Not that Peggy wasn't, but Peggy was so elegant and graceful. I could never sort of, you know, be that. Oh, it wasn't something you felt a realistic aspiration. For me, yeah. yeah well, but it's interesting that you were so successful, even though you thought that she was at a different level. She just filled a different void for people. Yeah. But you, 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 there's room for everybody is what I'm saying. Yeah. You succeeded and excelled in a totally different way. Yeah. Uh, even though in your mind, you never were as good as her. It was from what you're describing. Yeah. But to the world, you were. It was just different. Different. Yeah, it was different. And I, you know, I was would look up to somebody that I felt that I could, um, that wasn't unrealistic because I would never mm-hmm. be able to. Aspire to be. Yeah. And then later on, well, I watched the skating last weekend on nationals and these youngsters i mean i could watch them all all day because they're maybe because of the pandemic maybe they're all you know skating more and not oh, com- yeah. competing as much they're just amazing athletes and the things they're doing the difficulty is outstanding so um, wow so that was really fun so i could watch a lot of those skaters those are i mean i could still watch People like, well, John Curry, all, all of these people are in the big skating rink in the sky, I think. But um, there are some that are, have just mastered the sport so well that um, I That's could so just nice. watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing thing to have been part of, I have to say. And so with that, I'll ask you, of your career, not your life, what is your rose and what is your thorn? Sounds like you described your thorn, but it might not be. Like mm. you can, Your thorn could be different. No, I think the thorn was just the whole you know, the whole having to sell ice capades and, and, you know, divorce and bankruptcy. That was all, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was all a big, one bucket, big thorn. Yeah. And the rose, I mean, I think the rose is just what I've, uh, the opportunities I've had, the people I've met, not necessarily skating. I mean, skating is always the sort of the entry point. Um, you know, the dirt, <laughs> yeah, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the grassroots, you know, it's just always been my savior skating. Um, so, but just the wonderful experiences and people I've been able to meet and things, um, those are sort of the highlights, I guess. So you've had a great career and do you care about age or vanity or relevance? Like, do you get recognized a lot? Do you still feel relevant 
you know, how does that do? You, how does that whole thing? What's your relationship with that part of it? The fame part of it. Um, the fame part was really hard in the beginning. Now mm-hmm. I'm old. People, you know, if they look at my ID or something, they're oh, that's a familiar name. But oh. most, <laughs> but most people are, you know, young people don't, which is which is fine. Relevance, I don't know. I'm I don't really I'm not relevant, and I don't. Think. To me, you are. I called you to be on this podcast oh, for a reason. Thank but, you. Well, that's yeah, and very I'm not nice. so yeah. old, you Sweet. know, but I'm not so mm-hmm. young. But I'm older. I'm a bit older than you are, but that's okay. I think you look great. You look young. You thank feel you. young, and you are relevant to me. So I just was curious about that, you. you know, part you. of of your life. I do miss, you know, not having. You know, the young skin, I hate the gray eyelashes and the gray everything else and the sallow skin and things jiggle a lot more, you know. When you're young and you're fit, you thought, oh, you know, well, I I didn't think I was fit then, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I know I'm not now. Interesting. So that's hard to, that's hard to um, accept. Yeah, and do you work on that or do you not, you you don't care that much? I mean, do you care about plastic surgery and Botox and procedures and working out like crazy or any of that stuff? I do care about it. For the last couple of years, I haven't been able to exercise because of, you know, my back issues. I mean, I couldn't even stand on my right leg. So, and I was in such pain. But so that I care about. But I absolutely think about, you know... I'm thinking <laughs> what to do. When is the time? You, what Someone's going to tell. Yeah, I'll tell you. I think you I was. You look really fresh oh. and really young. I swear to God. And I would tell you, you do. Thank you. You do. You don't. And sometimes I think. You look amazing. Well, thank you. But I was talking to Christopher Buckle, this, you know, famous makeup artist this morning. I was just texting him because he's a friend. And I said, one day, if I need to do something, you'll tell me. He said, because he told someone else that, you know, in common when it was time for them. But some people will just grow old gracefully, myself possibly included, because I don't want to look like an alien. That's scarier than looking a little old. Like, looking like a freak alien, that's not my type of brand of being, like, that's not for me. Yep, I'm with you on that one, so, but... So you look good. You look good, so... Thank you. Thank you. You look fabulous. Thank you. Uh, It's so nice to meet you, and thank thank you for doing this. I'm sure you were curious about what this would even be, because it's, you know... No, I was listening to a few of your um, podcasts, so I'm a total fan, and now I know, because I'm not, don't know the social media stuff well, so, um, but I certainly know you from all the wonderful things you've done, and going through the grocery store or the liquor store, seeing your skinny girl, (laughs) I'm envious. Well, that's humbling. I'm envious. That's humbling to me. It's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Well, now we know each other, so... Our paths will cross one day. Maybe we'll uh, be skiing or ice skating near each other. So, so nice to meet you. And I wish you the best of everything. Thank you. You too. And thanks for having me. It was fun. Of course. Yeah, really fun. Have a great day. Okay, my dear. All right. Take care. That was Dorothy Hamill, someone who was a household name when I was a kid. Wheaties box, I'm sure. And just she was an Olympic figure skater, but... One of the only ones that really popped off. I mean, Peggy Fleming and then Dorothy Hamill and later it was uh, Nancy Kerrigan in my life that just really was so commercial and America's sweetheart and loved. And um, and I just, in doing this podcast, I'll just think about people who I think I would want to have an interesting conversation with. People who have been a part of something or built something, done something interesting. I mean, there was a Dorothy Hamill haircut 
and it was named after her no smaller and maybe even bigger than the Jennifer Aniston haircut. I mean, it was a big damn deal. There was this sh shorter sort of bowl. I had it. Anyway, she was absolutely lovely. She's been through the ringer with body pain, with financial ruin effectively and rebuilding and so negative experiences with relationships. So it's probably comforting for people to hear that other people are going through what they're going through. I mean, even wildly successful, famous Olympic athletes. So that was Dorothy Hamill and I was really excited to speak to her. Really nice conversation and what a lovely person. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.